hey, hey, quick, quick, quick. Watch, watch, watch. All right. We're, we're talking some reds right here, and there's not much time because the game's actually going to get started because I was silly and I stayed up super late to watch the Dodgers and Padres game. I think I went to bed like when my wife was getting up to go to work this morning. Yeah, I, I sound like a bum. Anyway, let's talk some Reds. We'll talk about that really. I mean, it was a good baseball game. It just sucked that the Reds ended up losing it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Castellanos opt-out. And I've got some thoughts on where the Reds go from here after the Brewers series is over. There's a really good chance you're probably watching this uh during or after the game or something like that. So we're not going to talk too much about Sonny Gray versus Brett Anderson. Hopefully the Reds can get some runs up on him. I got a bet online tip for you about that as well. So hopefully you're listening to this before the game and you can take advantage of that tip. That's all coming up in just a minute. Before we get into all of that, though, let's start that graphic. You are locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans and baseball fans? If this is your first time finding the Locked On Reds podcast, hi, I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Make sure that you're subscribed right here on the YouTube channel and follow me on your favorite podcasting app. I have daily red stuff for you each and every day. Going to have plenty of stuff going into hopefully a playoff run for the Reds. And as we transition later on into the offseason, we'll talk a little bit about the offseason today, looking ahead at one key storyline that I think we're all very well aware of, but was brought to the forefront by a national baseball writer who will remain nameless, but we'll get to that here in just a minute because we got to recap this game. The Reds and Brewers, and I I think I did myself a favor. I did you a favor by sleeping on this because after the game was over, it was frustrating. Yeah, that was a good game. If you love baseball or if you're trying to get somebody to like baseball, That's the perfect game to show them. There was great pitching. I mean, Brandon Woodruff, that might have been the best pitching performance against the Reds all year long. And I know Corbin Burns almost threw a complete game. I know Marcus Stroman almost threw a complete game a little bit, a little while ago. And Brandon Woodruff didn't quite throw as many innings as they did, but the Brewers were smart. I I really think Craig Council is a very good manager. They were smart not asking him to extend himself. They are looking to make a deep run into this playoff, into the postseason. And I think that last night's game pretty much put the final nail in the coffin of the hopes of the Reds coming back in the National League Central race. So uh, I think now the Brewers have to turn their focus to the future, to the playoffs and things like that. So they can't be overextending their best guys. And Brandon Woodruff was obviously pitching as if he could pitch a complete game. It was just phenomenal to see how good he was. And, And the Reds were able to at least put some pressure on him a couple of times. But that's where the second aspect of why this game was so good came into play. You had some really good defensive plays mostly from right field. Avisio Garcia just was on some other plane of existence last night where he couldn't do anything wrong. There, there was that amazing throw that I, I'm not, I'm not saying that that was a terrible, that was a great decision by Nick Castellanos to try and get a double there because he hit a perfectly hit ball into the corner that you're thinking that is a double. That, that is 
there is nobody, I think, that looked at Castellanos trying to stretch that into a double and said, oh, boy, that cost him the game. That was a mistake. That was a bad choice. No, I, I think everybody agrees that he should have ran hard and go for two there. It's just Avisio Garcia made the perfect throw. I mean, you could not make a better throw. And we can debate whether or not he should have been safe because if you look at the replay, there's plenty of plausible doubt that he was out. It's just the umpire, I believe, got caught up in the emotion of the situation, the emotion of the game. I mean, you saw he had a very emphatic out call. He was like like loading up like a haymaker. He's like, oh, and you're like, Gosh, because whatever the call was going to be on the field, whenever they reviewed it, there was not sufficient evidence to overturn whatever that call was going to be. So if he had been called safe and they did the replay review, you're not watching that replay and saying, well, he's definitely out. He's, and he, it was hard to watch it and say, well, he's definitely safe. We needed a better camera angle. And that's one of my biggest complaints with replay review. If we're going to do it, make sure you've got the right camera angles. We were like watching from the press box and they had the camera zoomed in, but the angle was just all weird because you're watching it from the wrong angle entirely, but whatever. That was a perfect play by him. And then later on in the game, Max Schrock, who had just come up as they put TJ Antone on the IL, had a home run. That was a home run. But Avisio Garcia made a crazy play to rob it. That was, I believe that was in the seventh inning. That was the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, this just ain't meant to be. All year long, you can look at so many different games. I've been noticing this from Brewers games lately. They have so many games that it's just like the Brewers have every bit of luck on their sides. The baseball gods are smiling on them, whatever you want to say about it. This just seems to be the Brewers year. And as much as the Reds can try, as much talent as the Reds have, they just can't seem to overcome them. And hopefully I'm talking to you and the Reds are either winning and, and avoiding the sweep or they already won and avoided the sweep and you know finish off the season series 10 and 9 with the Brewers because the Brewers clinched it yesterday by winning. But uh, these have been knockdown, drag-out battles that, sure, Amir Garrett came in and he kind of gave them a couple more runs, which, quick take on that, and I'm not going to harp on it because I think most people would agree, based on his performances, it's time to move on. I don't know what we're waiting for with Amir Garrett. I think that the team has told us that they're kind of on the outs with Amir Garrett because – these last two games, he pitched two pitches in game one against the Brewers and he pitched last night. Those are like the first time that he's pitched in 10 days. He hasn't pitched very much because you just don't trust him in any sort of leverage situation. It just so happened that they used pretty much everybody in their bullpen last night. Lucas Sims pitched very nicely to get the Reds out of a jam and then he had been pinch hit for. So then you're looking at Tony Santion and you're looking at Jeff Hoffman, and you're looking at Justin Wilson, and you're looking at Amir Garrett. And, and that's probably my biggest takeaway from this is not just Amir Garrett alone, but the Reds don't have a left-handed reliever that they trust. And when you get into the playoffs, you got to have at least one of those guys. The Reds don't have any of them. So maybe Justin Wilson can develop into that guy between now and then, but that, that kind of seems like a stretch. But, but that's where I, I kind of wonder, and I've got a thought on this later on we'll, we'll get into, uh, that uh, was 
planted, incepted into my mind by late night reds and their podcast. But, um, we're, we're going to break that down, uh, about the idea of a bullpen and the wild card game and things like that. But I, I think my biggest takeaway from this was just, look, the reds did everything that they could. They played a pretty decent game. They just ran into a buzzsaw. The brews are a buzzsaw. Hopefully they can, uh, overcome that buzzsaw here, but I tell you what, I, I stayed up late watching that that Dodgers Padres game. I'm, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a little something right now. I got, and this was this is something that's been sitting around. Grasshopper cookie, um, limited flavor. I'm not sure that it's still on the website now, but a built bar, yeah. Grasshopper cookie, pretty good. Um, can confirm it's not actually made with real grasshoppers. Very tasty though. It's made with 100% real chocolate. Hmm. Mm. You gotta get you gotta get you one. Go to built.com. You can type in builtbar.com and it'll send you to built.com, but it's built.com. And use that promo code that I got here at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. But if you're listening, the promo code is lock15. You can go there today. And you can get I shouldn't have took a bite of this. This is really good. Um mm, good stuff. It's like mint brownie. It was mint and chocolate and a little bit of caramel in there. Limited flavors like that always run through builtbar.com. And they've got some great ones right now. They've got my favorite cherry barcia that you can go get. You can build a mix box of your favorite flavors, or you can get a giant mix box, which has two of every flavor that they currently have and figure out what your favorite flavor is and use that promo code lock 15 to save 15% off your next order. I just used it the other day to get my mix box waiting for it. Got some good stuff coming with cherry barcia. we got cookies and cream. we got mint chocolate brownie. It's going to be some good snacking going on in the car household because when you go with Built Bar, you're getting 100% real chocolate. You're getting like 130 calories per bar. So it's a great snack for any diet because it's low in carbs and it's high in protein, like 17, 18 grams of protein. Go get yourself a Built Bar today at BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKED15. I can't remember if I've ever tried that where I take a bite and, and try to do an ad. I think I took way too big a bite too. That I probably won't do that again. All right. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this because it came out. I think it was yesterday. It was either yesterday or two days ago that, um, a baseball writer that, uh, will remain nameless. All I'll say is, Hey man, uh, he tweeted that it's likely Castellanos will opt out. And if you look at the wording that he used and the language that he used, he wasn't telling anybody, at least Reds fans, he wasn't telling Reds fans anything we don't know. Castellanos is likely to use his opt-out. Obviously, it's not as if he's come out and said, I'm not going to use my opt-out. That's the only way that that would be wrong. And he's not going to do that because Scott Boris is not going to um, – be happy if Castellanos uh, just comes out right now in the month of August here, August, what is today, August 26th, and say, yeah, I'm not going to use that opt-out. I'm going to go ahead and forego that, and I'm going to stay in my current contract because he can opt out. He can get himself a bigger payday, whether that's with the Reds or with another team, and that's kind of an interesting thought because will the Reds pony up and bring him back? 
Because if you are, let's look at this from Castellanos' perspective for a minute. He has been killing it all year long. I know that going on the IL kind of put a damper on things for him, but when he hit that home run last night, you remembered how big he is for this lineup. And hopefully he can really get back on one of those tears and we can get Jesse Winker back in the lineup and Joey Votto can continue hitting as well as he has all year, because that is how this Reds team is going to be dangerous in the postseason is they can just score runs in bunches. But for him personally in this opt out clause, he has had one of the best years of his career. He is going to make way more than $16 million on the open market, which is what he is due from the Reds next season. And if he doesn't take this opt-out, then he is here with the Reds for the next couple of years on the current contract. He could easily go somewhere else, make 20, 22, maybe even $25 million a year for probably two, three, four years, something like that. If you are Nick Castellanos, that makes sense. I know he loves the city of Cincinnati. He loves everything that Reds fans have embraced him for, his son Liam and all that great stuff. But at the end of the day, baseball, and, and when you are a professional athlete, it is about maximizing your value during your career because you're not going to play baseball forever. So, yeah, he's likely to use that opt-out. Now, one of two things is going to happen. The Reds are going to re-sign him. For a little bit more expensive, I keep hitting that. Um, for a little bit more expensive than he would have made, but as much as it pains me to say this, I think that that is unlikely. We're talking about a team that has cried poor over the last couple of seasons, and I just want you to at least have your expectations in the right place if it happens and he opts out and he's playing for a different team next year. Don't lose your mind because that was always a very plausible scenario. So how do the Reds combat this? Because we're talking about an offseason in which we might also see the departure of Nick Senzel. I think that that is very likely based on how this year has gone for him and how the Reds have handled his year. I mean, I mean if I were him, I'd be looking for a change of scenery. And if I were the Reds, I'd be looking for a change of scenery for Nick Senzel. So we might be losing. Nick Senzel. Does that mean that Aristides Aquino deserves the ability to play every single day? It's really hard to say because when you look at his statistics, the first thing that you notice is a low batting average. But again, that's not the end all be all for a hitter. His isolated power says that he just murders baseballs. And we all know that. Just wish he did it at a higher rate. But I, for everything that we know about Aristides Kino, there's still as many question marks. Can he play every day and be a plausible contributor on a playoff team? Are we talking about a Cincinnati Reds team that is contending for the division title that Aristides Aquino is a part of the everyday lineup? Probably not. I mean, I, I just don't. I, I don't think that that is the case. What's most likely to happen? That's probably not what's most likely to happen. So can they go out on the open market? I mean, it's interesting. I read on MLB trade rumors today that if, uh, Avisio Garcia gets, I believe it's like 60 something more at bats, which is probably going to happen if he stays healthy, then he has the ability because the Brewers have a team option for next year. But if he gets 60 more at bats, that becomes a mutual option. 
and the option's only for $12 million. And as good as he has played this season, it's highly likely that he will decline his part of the mutual option and become a free agent. Could he be a guy that the Reds look at? Because he probably won't make $20 million. He might be that $16 million that you were going to pay Nick Castellanos. Is that a guy you could look at? There's going to be an interesting number of outfielders out there that the Reds could go and look at should Castellanos leave. And the opt-out just seems likely. However, Nick Castellanos and his love for the city of Cincinnati, there's a chance that the Reds could still bring him back. I mean, Scott Boris is not one to make team-friendly deals, but this could be a scenario where they give the Reds the chance to match whatever contract offer they get. I mean, it's not like some kind of weird rules or anything that they can't do that. They can tell the Reds, yo, we got $24 million from, I don't know, the White Sox or something. You want to match that? And the Reds can say yes or no. That that could happen too. It's not as if it is a foregone conclusion that Castellanos will not be a Red, but also there is the part of this equation that there could be a chance that the Reds look at this and they say, we've gotten some good years out of Castellanos, but he's kind of in his mid-30s now. Like, What are we really realistically going to get from him if we sign him to a three, four, five-year deal? There's a lot of question marks in there, and that's up to Nick Crawl in this front office to figure out the answers to. It's it's but but the the thing of this is like there were people that were just losing their minds over like he might use his opt-out. That was always the case. Always the case. We knew that in spring training. Like, come on. One one major league national writer tweeting something that is super obvious and not actually news should not be something that gets you all up in a tizzy where you're like, Oh, Hey, that could happen. Whatever. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about where the reds go from here, from this brewer series on as they take on the Marlins this weekend. And we look ahead to where their eyes should be, where their focus should be. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before I talk about that, though, I wanted to let you know you can still take advantage of the offer at betonline.ag. Set up your profile today with the promo code locked on and get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Plus, we're going to try something new today. I'm not going to take a bite of a built bar here. I- I'm going to show you something that I've been looking at. It's um, bet today, a tip that I have for you, and it's a prop bet with this Reds Brewers game. All right, so I think I'm sharing my screen right now. Let's take a look at this. You can see the run line, you can see the money line. The Reds are a slight dog. You may want to take that. I'm not I, I'm not so sure. I don't want to say certainly that I think the Reds are going to win. I'm telling you one thing that's going to happen though. This offense was not happy with the way they played last night. So you got to go in and you got to hammer the over for the Cincinnati Reds at four and a half. They right now they have the team total at four and a half. I think that they're scoring at least five runs in this game, and it's a value plus one hundred eight. I've got it highlighted right here. Hopefully this is all working. I'm not really sure. We'll see what the end product is. But go to betonline.ag today. Set up your profile. Type in the promo code locked on and take the team total for the Reds over four and a half, and make yourself a couple of bucks off of this tip. Andrew Sports Knowledge today. Stop stop sitting on the bench and start getting in the game with betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. 
Also, head on over for your next auto part to rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, and they will deliver them right to your door. Whether you are looking for brake pads, if you're looking for maybe a turn signal, maybe you're looking for new carpet. They can help you out. RockAuto.com has all of that stuff. If you're trying to restore a classic car or if you're just trying to fix your everyday driver, they can bring you the part that you need directly to your door so you can get back on the road quickly. RockAuto.com has been doing this for over 20 years. They are a a small family-owned company that began and has grown into this giant part distributor because they've got everything that your car needs at rockauto.com plus they're going to have reliably low prices as well because they're not going to gouge you like the store down the street there's not going to be some crazy markup whether you're a professional mechanic or just an everyday joe that's trying to put a new headlight in they have the same prices all across the board go to rockauto.com today and in the checkout section in the how'd you hear about us area type in locked on to let them know that your pal Jeff sent you. That's rockauto.com. And when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us area, type in locked on. Rockauto.com has all of the parts that your car will ever need. All right, so let's wrap up today's uh, podcast just by looking ahead. And it's not any specific statistical uh, numbers here that we're going to be talking about a lot. I'm just kind of thinking out loud when it comes to the Reds, because we all came into this series with a little bit of hope, a sliver of maybe some kind of magic was going to happen. The Reds were going to make this grandiose comeback in the NL Central. It's not happening. The Reds now need to turn their sights on that second wild card spot. And I know that they're probably going to say things like, oh, you know, we're still, still looking at that division. We're still thinking about this, still looking at this. They got to get themselves ready for a one-game playoff, whether it be with the Dodgers or the Giants. The Dodgers are really starting to look like a very, very good team now, and they're getting hot at the right time. There's a very good chance they could overtake the Giants. And then you're talking about the Reds facing a team who, for the most part, has been the best team in baseball this year. Whether it's the Dodgers or the Giants, it's going to be a very, very tough game. And we're talking about a game that I believe the Reds can get to, I think the Padres are just dealing with a lot of turmoil and they're coming into the hardest part of their schedule. Wins are going to come for them because they're still a pretty good team and they've got a good lineup, but their pitching staff has been shaky. And while they were pretty good so far as limiting the Dodgers for the most part in that marathon of a 16 inning game last night, they still ran into a point where they just didn't have any reliable arms out of the bullpen and they kind of had to go with what they had. I think every team runs into that in a 16 inning game. So yeah, I'm talking out of my talking out of the side of my neck here. Blake Snell actually had a good game because Blake Snell has been what Luis Castillo was in the first two months. Blake Snell expanded that it was like three, three and a half months of being really bad. And Padres fans were wondering, why did they go out and get this guy if he's going to be as bad as this? And they even had to start Jake Arrieta for a game. They picked him up off the free agents list, started him, and now he's on the IL for them. It's it's just been crazy. They got you Darvish back today going against the Dodgers. So a little bit of health here and there 
but with them facing the Dodgers and the Giants a lot in this last part of the season with both of those teams playing for every bit of inch of playoff advantage that they can, it's going to be a tough road for them. So it's nice that the Reds have the second easiest schedule in Major League Baseball to finish out the year. And even if they go 500 from here on out, they're still going to win 86 games which means that that's going to put them in a really good spot for that second wild card uh, into the playoffs. So how do they set themselves up for that? There was a great take that I saw on late night reds that you can watch on YouTube. And and I think they're on some different podcasting apps and things like that. Tim and Nick and Carlos, and they were talking with Jamie Ramsey, but they were looking at the wild card game and the fact that the reds have struggled with the bullpen so much and they could structure their rotation in a way, because there's an off day before the wild card game, and then there's like an off day or two before the NLDS, which is hopefully where the Reds would end up after that wild card game, they could structure the way that their pitching staff works in that game where they could split it into three parts. They could start it with Luis Castillo, they could go to Wade Miley, and then they could go to Tyler Malley. And you're talking about a road game, so you're getting road Malley, which we love. You got Wade Miley, who's been super consistent, and you start Luis Castillo, who, I mean, you saw it last night. He is on top of his game. He is at the highest form that Luis Castillo can be right now. He was, I mean, his his velocity ticked up even. That was nice to see. Like, he, he's been throwing some hard fastballs all year long, but even his slider and his changeup, the average velocity on those ticked up. So when you're putting Luis Castillo in a big moment, you're not worried about it because he's going to rise to the occasion. Plus, you can kind of parlay that fast velocity and hard-throwing strikeout mentality that Luis Castillo has with Wade Miley and his very efficient approach, very quick way of pitching, and very slow velocity, but you know, deliberate and accurate pitches. It's not as if we're talking about a dude who's just lobbing pitching. We all know what Wade Miley's brought to the table this year, and that would be a great way to mix things up and also not really rely too much on this bullpen that has been very shaky, which shout out to Lucas Sims. He really looked good last night in those two at bats, getting huge strikeouts to stop a rally and keep it to one run there in the seventh inning. I, I was really uh, happy to see that for him. But if you were telling me that the Reds can put their three best pitchers in a game and really combat Max Scherzer and what the Dodgers are going to obviously throw at you, or uh, probably, let's see, if the Giants did a one game, that would be the question because we know if the Reds face the Dodgers in a one-game playoff, you're getting Max Scherzer. That's there's no two ways about that. If you're facing the Giants, I wonder if that's if that's Kevin Gosman or if that's Johnny Cueto. Kevin Gosman's actually been struggling as of late, which for him and for most mortals is a huge difference. But still, he's he's not been as crisp with his splitter. I was reading earlier, you know, here recently. So is it Johnny Cueto? Uh, who starts that? Is it Disco? Like that'd be interesting. But you really set yourselves up nicely. And and I agree with that take. I really liked it. I think it was Nick that had the take on late night reds talking about how you could structure your pitching staff. And I would love to see that. I I think in a one game, winner take all loser, go home. You cannot think conventionally, conventionally 
with your pitching staff, especially because your bullpen has been average at best this season. Turn your starting staff, turn all of your pitching staff into a you're going to pitch today. Plus, if you win, then you can start Sonny Gray and you can start Vladimir Gutierrez in the NLDS. I know it's weird to say to start a rookie in a playoff series, but that's totally plausible with the way that he has pitched this year. Now in the NLDS, you'll you'll probably run into the uh, the winner of the NLS. So if you beat the Dodgers, you face the Giants. If you beat the Giants, you face the Dodgers, whatever. But I think that they could get by using Sonny Gray and Vladimir Gutierrez. They've both been pretty good pitchers this season. So that that's just a thought. That's looking ahead. That's that's way in the future. I want to hear your thoughts because this is a podcast where we like to talk about the Reds, but I also love to listen about the Reds too. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Let me know on the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159, or hit me up on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and you can follow the show as well at Lockdown Reds. But that's going to do it for us here today. Look, I, I know that it's easy to be down the fact that the Reds have lost two out of three to the Brewers. Hopefully, they're going to avoid that sweep today. Hopefully, uh, you know what? Let, let's react. Ah, good to see the Reds avoid that sweep. Yeah. So if you listen to the podcast after the fact, now you know. Hopefully, you listen before so you can take advantage of that tip that I just gave you for betonline.ag. Reds over four and a half plus 108. Do it today. But that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for listening and watching the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. We'll get ready for the Marlins series. And I got some more thoughts about the future.